What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the MG Untapped Podcast. That's right, we have now reached the dirty 30 for our show. I am your host, I am the Micah, and joining me as always is a special new co-host for the show. He is Costa. How are you? Uh, Yes, I am new, because I'm also going to be dirty 30 <laughs> this year. I'm doing good. How about you, man? I am doing well, and we put a lot of thought and uh, effort into today's topic um, by uh, me waking up this morning as of day recording and be like, Costa, what are we going to be talking about today? <laughs> yeah, a lot of effort. Well, I mean, I, mean, I kind of put a little effort because I was at work trying to think about this. And I was like, hmm, what should we do? So, yeah, we have. Uh, I'm just poking fun. I th- I'm kind of excited about what we're going to be talking about today. But we're going to be kicking things off. With the untapped step, where we talk about matches that we played over the past week. Kosa, do you have any stories you want to share? Man, I'm drawing a blank here. I don't even remember what I dropped. Oh, that's right. I sent you that list of uh, mm-hmm. that draft deck. Yeah, so. Two Reaper's Talismans, something like that? <laughs> yes, two Reaper's Talismans. Uh, let me pull that up here. So, yeah, I mean, I drafted red-black again. What a, what a surprise. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, it was really strong. I ended up losing to a very strong green-white deck, and it was um, it was kind of impressive, actually, because, now granted, my deck this time didn't really consist of like a, a very aggressive uh, like two-mana curve. I actually ran a lot of those uh, two-mana, what is it called, the Armory Veterans. So since I got two Talismans somehow, I was like, okay, well, these trade for two cards if they want to stop one of these. Um but somehow the green white deck had a lot of removal. Like it had a ton of the, um, oh, your favorite card was it? You hear something on the watch. Had some of those uh, minimus containments. So he was able really just to keep my creatures at bay and then, you know, land some big threats. He ended up having, um, what was his rare? Oh, sorry. It was a mythic. That's right. He had the dragon, <laughs> the white icing fang death which really didn't do that much but the fact that it was just like he had this big flyer had some hill giants it was just hard to get through so i actually did want to talk about um also so we ended up playing popper commander yesterday that was really fun um jason was the one that turned on some of this and so josh and vic they you know made their decks and we played and uh for those of you out there something different to try a lot of people kind of complain about the power level of commander you know and when you're trying to figure out and we kind of talked about this yesterday or sorry not yesterday um, last episode about this format um yeah you know if you want something that uh everyone can be on the same page a power level this is going to be like the most limiting way of doing that right and so um i ran togo and holana ended up being really good uh, i didn't end up not winning that uh the itchy tech and i don't even know who was other commander because he never used it but it's the it's like a three mana one four and on your turn all the tokens get like plus one plus four he wrote oh, the, the white one yeah the lion yeah. yeah so um he didn't even need that like he i, I should have killed him early on um and i kept killing the itchy tech but he just kept spawning a golem and then the next one got bigger and the next one and so he ended up like just getting way too out of hand um so it was really fun and then uh, we played with our uncommon decks as a peasant so we try to make like a peasant format of, of that and um josh actually i thought he had his ready but he didn't so he just like beat us with like this like 
Heliod combo deck, but as I was playing through my green white uh, token deck, I found it was pretty fun. So there's just some new formats for y'all to try. Um, you know, if y'all haven't done that in your own play group, I, I think it's a great way to, you know, kind of, if you're struggling with the power levels of your decks or whatnot, you know, this might be something to revert back to. So what about you, man? Yeah, for the, I didn't get to play in that game of popper, but I actually made my own popper deck and I'm super excited to try it out. And Sir Conrad, um, just there's, I feel like this might be a bold statement, but I was like, just, cause I tried to make like a green, white life gain tokeny kind of a thing. Uh, red, white, uh, bad limited equipment kind of a deck. And I'm just like, all right, these decks are kind of cool. The green, white one has an infinite that takes three turns to get off. But uh, then I was just like, I'm going to build Sir Conrad. And then it was just, I was like, this just seems like it might just be good in the age. But we will see. Uh, Hopefully get a chance to play it here pretty soon. But uh, for my uh, untapped story is I have been jamming a lot of the standard 2022 queue. And I saw a deck, I think it was somewhere on YouTube, that I just thought was so funny. It's a Bergy four-card combo. So what you do is you get a Bergy, and in that same, uh, no, and then say so a Bergy from Kaldheim. So you have the three mana, three, three, that whenever you cast a spell, you get a red mana. And then you have Grinning Ignis from, uh, not originally from Strixhaven, but uh, it's in that set. So that means it's in this queue. And so it's a three mana, two, two that you can pay a red and return it to your hand and add two colorless and a red to your pool. So with Bergy, you can just cast this infinite times. And if you have a prosperous innkeeper, that means you just gain infinite life. But if you have innkeeper and either Dina from Strixhaven or a marauding blood priest from Zendikar, you win the game. And let me tell you, this is really hard to do when like everyone's jamming controller aggro decks. And it's like, I managed to get the pieces on the board one time, and I was like, okay, cool. I was playing as a Simic uh, ramp deck, and so they were just trying to play as big creatures. The turn before I uh, got the combo off, they were able to drop a coma. I was like, okay, cool. They can tap something down, but it doesn't matter. So I, I played my Ignis. I start doing the combo. Uh, however, after with the Innkeeper trigger on the stack, uh, they sack their serpent and tap my ignis i was like i don't have to tap it to do its ability why are they doing this and i try to do the combo and turns out whenever coma taps something it can't activate its abilities anymore and i started messaging coast i was like okay why who's why is this a thing i don't understand what what why i was just like i finally got this combo to go off and i'm ruined by this just thrown on additional text they made put on to make coma even more op than it already is and i was very upset i was a little bit salty and oh man i just want to let me combo let me do this jank nonsense yeah i uh i kind of forgot about coma in fact now that you're talking about this i think something's going to be added on here in a little bit to mm-hmm. our uh <laughs> quick picks but uh yeah i mean that thing is the cards, man. All the cards lately are just so wordy. So I would have missed that too. I, in fact, yeah, I just wouldn't have known. Like, forgot what I was doing the other day, and someone's like, you know, this does this, this, and this. I was like, oh my god, well, that's that's twenty twenty one for you, man. Just too many words on a card. So, 
Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, did you get any wins? Uh, no, I, I was like, oh, and seven. And I was like, okay, I'm going back to playing angels. Uh, but um, Damn. that's actually a good segue for our topic, which is talking about standard and what we think it's going to be making predictions post rotation. Cause last week, uh, the afternoon before the podcast was released on that Thursday, uh, we, uh, there was the spoilers for Innistrad Midnight Hunt. I got it right this time. And I went over those spoilers in a sideboard special. If you want to get my thoughts on the few really dope new cards we got to see, uh, check that out on the same podcast channel. Uh, but we got some cool cards. And it has gotten a lot of people really jazzed, as well as how much fun Standard 22, 22Q is. Uh, got a lot of people really jazzed for standard presentation and then also because Eldrain will finally be gone and like theros and icoria and all that stuff although i queer myself be, no I, i'm i'm done with these yorion piles like and the immersion ultimatum nonsense get that out of here but um so today on the show we're gonna be prognosticating predicting uh i'm gonna be going over the standard 2022 metagame from mtgazone.com and we're going to get some Costa's thoughts on this. But first, Costa, I want to get your brief thoughts on these new cards. Uh, just don't, don't, we don't got, it's not, it's not a spoiler podcast. Just, and if, you, if any of these new cards really stood out to you, and what do you think about this trend line for where the set fits power level wise in Magic the Gathering? Well, some of the, um, let's see, I'm actually going to pull it up right here because I, I know I've, I've seen them, but, um, you kind of know how it goes. There's so much going, there's so many spoilers throughout the week and whatnot. So let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, but I can just go to cards and sets right on the goldfish. I don't know. There, mythic spoiler, scryfall. There you go. I just like how they, they do do a good job of posting them out here. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I think this card is kind of a given, um, consider, is i think just going to be um played in modern standard even like just being able to draw a card uh but it also being a surveil uh is i think strictly better than opt in most cases so i think that's kind of a given i don't have to really talk too much about what it does in modern um i mean i could just i guess name a few things like mark tight regions like the first thing that comes to mind because it's popular right now but um there's just so many things that this feels uh, me and you had a conversation about play with fire as to how powerful, uh, you know, is this just better um, than the frostbite in standard? I think it is. And I think it's also another modern player uh, because scry one is to me a pretty big deal. Um, and I think it's going to be better than frostbite in almost all cases. And I think the decks that aren't going to play or that are, uh, more interested in frostbite still probably want to have play with fire honestly um i just don't see i can't really imagine a world right now but again we've just come off of just so many powerful cards but i can't imagine like not playing this card just because i don't know that scry one ability and the fact that i just am so not used to having a card that deals damage to any target uh you know what i mean so i don't know i just really like this card a lot um Renin seven, I think, is going to be a big player in standard. Um, 
even if there really isn't a lot of like graveyard land shenanigans, uh, it just seems very powerful making the tree folk and stuff like that. And I remember like in the first Innistrad, um, they had cards like uh, it's one in a green and you like take like the top four cards and put all lands in your hand and put the rest in your graveyard. Like mulch effects. Yeah, exactly. Mulch. Exactly. Um, they just have so many of those effects that even if those put lands into your hand, they'll have the reverse. And so I can't imagine, you know, filling a graveyard, not being a thing. And we know flashbacks coming back, which is really awesome. Um, you know, the, they had, when they were making this set, they said they're going to go back to the, or try to go back to like an original Innistrad feel. And so hearing that and seeing cards like join the dance and stuff, um, that's pretty awesome. So champion, of the parish, uh, I love the, the flavor on this, um, it's so cool to kind of see like basically like word for word and just kind of like have a play on, on, on the, uh, um, Oracle, te- not Oracle text. What's it called? The text on the bottom. Um, flavor anyway, text. Fla- thank you. The flavor text. Sorry. I am. I just got for work. So I'm pretty tired, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, these are great. And then of course, infernal grasp. Um, I mean, it's a kill spell and you're, you know, losing to life. Um, I think we might mention this too, like murderous writer. Um, I wonder how well murderous writer would have done in this format, like it being the only adventure card because that two life was pretty relevant. And I think this two life, even in standard and modern is going to be really relevant, but I think having like one of them in there is going to make it really powerful. So, so far the power level of these cards are above par um, compared to like what I would think like Strixhaven, um, call time I, there are some cards in call time though that are actually pretty powerful but just these little things like if this is like a, a very small snapshot like if they haven't given us the best things hopefully not then um i don't think it's going to be eldraine crazy i'm not seeing because the thing here is like the cards are powerful but the mechanics aren't crazy powerful like adventure as a mechanic is just i think mm-hmm. o- above and beyond right like the value that you get out of that is just way too good um mm-hmm. and i'm not seeing that here i'm just seeing good power level again yeah so uh just because i wanted to get a little bit of this back and forth so my first i so i just feel like i want to talk about someone um my stance on play with fire is most decks are already running snowlands just so they can run faceless haven and so decks that like if your opponent plays an x3 block or whatever and you're like okay i can't really get in and frostbite deals with that Whereas play with fire doesn't, but if you're more like, if because we have to see what we get, because we'll as we'll allude to later, there isn't really a strong red deck uh, in standard 2022. But if there ends up being like a more super aggro burn, I just want to go face. Play with fire is instantly better than frostbite, just because you're probably gonna be a low land count deck, and scry is, at that point is just like bottoming a land late in the game, and you just need to get that last bit of damage in, or even if you're just on like one or two lands in hand and you say, all right, I'm going to either kill the creature or am I just going to go face and try and get my next land drop in? That's where I think play of fire is going to be just like really good. Uh, I think I, I went back to our like best, our ranks out of five system for the sideboard special. And I say, like, I was like, this is probably like a 4.5 because like, it's not a bomb, but it's just like a super potent card. And uh, I'm not going to get into the whole limited thing. And I just also said, I think infernal grasp is like, cause we had that discussion uh, I think when Powered Kill was previewed, I was like, all right, is this going to replace a Heartless Act once rotation happens? And that's not going to be the case because this thing certainly is going to be the replacement for that. 
uh, I also meant to make sure our listeners knew that losing two life is a downside. Like if you're really on the ropes, then this is like, we, I think we mentioned it in the podcast with Elena when we talked about like, uh, I almost just said vindicate. Was it vendetta? The, so like losing life is a significant downside, but this card's still great. And, um, it's probably gonna be the go-to black removal and standard at least post rotation. And I, so I want, cause I was just, I just looked it up now cause I talked about it on the cyber special, but I think there's going to be like probably mono black zombie aggro with this champion of the pairs. Cause how many times have you played against like mono red over the past year and a half or whatever it's been, or since Eldraine released when they go like turn one, um, what's it? Fervent champion. And then turn two, play two more fervent champions. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm at uh, 13 or whatever on turn two. And I imagine someone going turn one champion of the perished. And then turn two, play two more champion of the perished. That's pretty sick. Am I? Um, but then I also looked at like, what are those zombies? We got dungeon crawler, one mana, two, one. We've got shambling gas, which is like everywhere. And then we also have stuff like the uh, Sarak and White. I think zombie aggro is going to be a thing we're going to be seeing once standard rotation happens. And by yeah. golly, I'm going to make a Triska deck a file deck. I swear I better win more than I do with Bergy. It, it's so hard to make these predictions only because and i'm not really afraid to make them i think for me there's just like a lot of what ifs so like if we go back to like the the little of course i'm forgetting the name already the uh, play with fire card mm-hmm. like in a vacuum i just think that card is better because of the flexibility of it but i get what you're saying like if there's like a lot of like you know x3s that it kills or whatever fine like that card's better um now obviously the point of us is really not to be uh perfect at this but like i get what you're saying on that and like i'm looking through right now like the zombies it's hard to also say too because like we're going to have white which is the new one from the dungeon set right um and then we lose a lot of good things like even like falmar night we're losing um I never saw play other than like these weird black adventure decks. Yeah, but even then, but, right? Like draw a card and death touch plus one is good. I think like between Champion of the Perished, mm-hmm. uh, Dungeon Crawler, Shambling Gas is a lot better than I think we gave credit for in every pre- in terms of like, constructed value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and White, so that's four already. Like you also have like a Sarak as a I don't know that might just be too slow for what an aggro deck wants to do. Right. But then there's also just like faceless. Ha- I think faceless havens probably the because it was a, it was super prevalent in regular standard as it exists right now. But in sta- or I'll just say because you haven't got a chance to jam a lot of standard 2022. You've been drafting like a madman. Um, but I'm, I'm a faceless havens everywhere. If you're playing, not even if you're just aggro. If you're just playing like a regular mid range deck, you're playing snow lands. So you can run faceless haven because. One thing I want to see, I'm going to be very interested to see if we get in Innistrad is a cheaper board wipe. Because right now the go-to board wipes are Shadow's Verdict, which is five mana, and Blood on the Snow, which is six mana. And that's, I think, a reason why we're going to get, once we get to this metagame, why like Mono Green Stompy is the number one deck in the key right now. Most, because it's just kind of too fast for the control decks. Because also they have stuff like Snakeskin Veil to protect their creatures from removal, and the board wipes are just too slow. 
that's why the fact that there's this kind of like mono it's probably not mono black it might be more stoppy i don't know but this black turn your creature sideways kill your opponent deck with like these zombies and then faceless haven i bet we'll probably get one or two but you never just want to assume that but that kind of thing oh narfi's a zombie too Ooh. yeah i was gonna say Nar- narfi was the one we hadn't talked about um i I'm terrible at reminiscing, so excuse me for this, but um, and this is not even reminisce. It's just kind of like a, man, I hate the fact that Silver Smut Ghoul is rotating out because that card I wanted to play with a ton of in Standard, it was never good enough. Um, and it's a zombie vampire. Oh, man, the value. I'm not going to get to do just stupid, dirtily things. It sucks. But yeah, hopefully they'll give us a lot of good zombies. Um, we'll get some more to that later, but yeah, Narfi is the one that I was going to say. I think that card is slept on in the sense that it's a recursive zombie. So, And Mr. Even Death. Yeah. Jackalich. Well, that, that card. card that, that card is quite popular nowadays. Yeah. But let's get into this. Uh, the standard 2022 metagame. I already mentioned the top deck in the key right now is Mono Green Stompy, which is most... Um, popularized by our good friend the werewolf uh of course i am talking about werewolf pack leader the two the two mana three three that if you attack with a total power six or greater you get to draw a card so that's one thing that these more aggressive decks always want to do is ways to get more cards so they can close out the game um i think you rarely see its activability activated just because you would rather spend your mana on other things and I'm actually looking. This isn't a standard 2022 deck list. They're letting me down because I just saw a love struck beast and that's not what we're talking about. No, that thing's gone. <laughs> but either way, so it also plays stuff like the cat car, which is another way between that and faceless Haven is a good way of protecting itself from uh, not just being in a losing state to board wipes. So there's that there's, it's running a little bit of like, like Jaspera Sentinels. Yeah, Swarm Shambler is another good one that's in there right now. But I actually think this deck's probably going to stick around because I think that it can only get more gas, and I think this might be a deck we see continue on once Innistrad releases. Well, I don't know how you want this format to go, but I'm just going to go ahead and interject here that I actually think Cat Car is going to be a card um, to keep an eye out for, I think, going through with Standard. Um, since we got a little bit of a glimpse with the the green white card, join the dance that I was talking about. If tokens are a thing, right, then mm-hmm. what's great about cat car is it it's protecting itself in the sense that like if they don't kill the cat car, then it sits on the field when they board wipe, and all you have to do is play you know a couple of or you know you just need four power to tap it, right? So if you make like a couple of tokens that are essentially like the cats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you refill that board really fast. So I actually think that cat car is going to be uh, a really nice addition. Should we get some green, white token, you know, effects. Um, and with green, I mean, green, I think uh, the one thing I liked about mono green for the longest time, there was a time, I think uh, maybe like a couple years ago where that wasn't a thing, but I think the formats are healthiest when they have decks like mono green, not as a tier one, but like as a tier two, because what that signaling is decks aren't like overly broken uh, that you can't play fair magic. Um, 
but they're also just in tune enough to where this is more like a meta call. Like it's like, okay, everyone's slanted this way in the decks right now. So mono green, it can come in and, and kind of clean up or whatever. And then, okay, it's underpowered again, it disappears. So I like when mono green is like in play. Um, and hopefully that's, that holds true going forward here. Yeah. So some of the other cards rounding out the deck that's, you can, play against now on standard 22 is rangers class that's a very strong card well, kind of, yeah, yeah. recurs of value making all your creatures bigger every time you attack it also gets to make a two two i can't believe um, you said that card you weren't high on when i talked about it. i was like I, I never also i never i never played with it i never played I against to, it i didn't play i didn't need to do either one when i saw when okay. i saw making how many times token. how many times have you not seen how good a card like what did, what was what did you think was the black best black removal spell in uh limited in the format when we did our initial top common ranking, sir? The card's still really good. It's no, just it's not deals. six mana deal. No, oh, whatever. So there's also stuff like the gnarled professor from Strixhaven. Uh, it's TB, TBD because mainly because this is a best of one format, so we don't know how it's strong. Um, once you get into the fifteen card sideboard, but. In this particular queue, uh, learning and lessons are actually pretty strong. Pretty much everyone's running some way of getting like mascot exhibitions or other uh, situational spells into their sideboard. Um, but yeah, I think this deck is sick. Kazandu Mammoth, I love that big elephant. Yeah, so I think this is a deck that's probably going to stick around because I think it's only going to get uh, more pieces that where you don't have to run a bunch of stuff like Jasper Sentinels and Tangled Florahedrons. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I see this being a tier two deck, uh, and that's kind of my hope that it's, it ends up being a tier two deck because, again, to me, that signals the the format is pretty healthy. Um, oh my god, I forget about Zendikar. That's right, mm-hmm. Lotus like just Lotus Cobras still hanging around. Remember when people said that card should be banned? I remember Shaver just going off and off about. It. I was like, it's Amanath, dang it, it's freaking Amanath, but. Wow, yeah, okay. There are some good cards we're leaving behind. Okay. Uh, so the next deck, the number two deck in the standard 2022 meta is Mono White Aggro. So this is run like basically all the white two drops. Uh, so you got like Monk of the Open Hand, uh, Code Spell Cleric, the one mana one ones that Code Spell, if it's the second card you cast this turn, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature and monkey the open hand every time you cast your second spell it gets a one one counter uh you also have stuff like usher the fallen one mana two ones are always good in aggro decks uh luminarch aspirant the cards that's just a really good card uh elite spell binder helps slow down your opponent and it's a three mana three power flyer so that gets in damage skyclave apparition that card's bananas it's expensive for a reason but also sweet tech is I mentioned earlier that like pretty much everyone's running Snowlands because control decks running because they can get their Planeswalkers back with Blood on the Snow, and other like more mid range uh, aggro decks are running like Faceless Havens and other. So Raydane, God of the Worthy, actually slows down by making all their uh, Snowlands enter tapped, and that's yeah. another way this mono white deck can really get in there. I'm. Um- so let me ask you this. Do you think Faceless Haven will get banned? Because I don't know. I, I'm no way. You don't think so? I, I think it's it's keeping everyone honest. I, I It's not an oppressive card by any means. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I was kind of worried with the combo deck that everyone was geeking out about the angel uh-huh. thing. And so I'm not saying that's going to be 
a thing. I just, when I saw that and they banned the new card, I was like, well, maybe Faceless Haven is the problem because like every deck is running it or whatever. And since they have these new man lands, right, the ones from uh, the D&D set, I was like, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll end up they'll end up banning this card out um but if if you don't feel like it's oppressive then maybe not i just i've seen it in so many decks and granted they're really in the monocolor decks because once you start tapping into another color it's kind of hard to run like your snow basics and not have like dual lands or pathways or whatever so um just curious i mean um it's a great card i think like one reason why it could be it's like even stronger here is there's not as much like instant speed interaction. Like we're talking, there's no real strong instant speed black kill spell. So like if you're in red and you have frostbite, then you're like, okay, it's whatever. Uh, if, cause black power kill doesn't kill it. Cause it's, it's all of the creatures it's that it can't kill. <laughs> right. Right. And I think, I mean, I could be wrong here. I think if they were to ban, because they said they weren't going to ban the combo, which is Book of Exalted Deeds and Faceless Haven. So, you just, uh, just a FYI for the you listeners, because uh, they said they weren't going to do that once rotation happens and new standard is upon us. But I think I think they'd just be more like just ban the book again if they were going to do something like that. I've just looking at Faceless Haven, just like you ban this snowman land. It just seems like a weird call to me. No, it does. I think it's kind of disappointing too, because talking about Power Word Kill again, I actually think that card, I was going to jump in earlier and say that I actually think that card is still going to be very useful, but I forgot about faces haven and maybe that's what actually kills the card because i mean yeah like there could be some powerful dragons and whatnot but i think like a two mana kill almost everything is great but i think faces haven appearing as much as it does actually makes that that's what's going to be the nail in the coffin for that card not seeing as much play if that happens right because you know we got some powerful dragons like i said we got a lot of powerful dragons um that i think are gonna are gonna make their way um you already touched on even death like that card I think is going to be terrific um, against the red decks. It's not going to be so great. Obviously we just saw a play with fire. So I think that's actually like, I don't think that card was like meant for that card, but it's just kind of funny that they have that. Um, but uh, yeah, faceless haven. I don't know. It's good. It does work. It does a lot of work. So yeah, that card's strong. And I don't think there's any situation where you run power word kill over infernal grasp. Once that cards in the format, yeah, I just it just depends on it just depends on how aggro the 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 format is. I yeah okay uh, we're, we'll we'll get to a reason why I think that here in a little bit, but I think mono white aggro. I feel like all its pieces are really strong. It was a thing in previous standard. Uh, I think just the linchpin cards like Luminarch Aspirant, uh, Elite Spell Binder, uh, Usher of the Fallen, all that, and plus you still have good old Sky Mall. It's a good way to help close out the game. Yeah, that card's uh, powerful too. Um, it's it's really strong, but it's just hard to believe it's nowhere near as strong as Ember Cleave. Uh, but um, I think this could... I don't think this will be as high as it is. You said like you think Mono Green might fall to like a Tier 2. This might be like a Tier 2.5 style deck, I think. But 
I still like my aggro deck, so I'll probably jam it. Yeah, let's go for the latter. So. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a deck that I actually haven't seen. I've played a lot of this format. It's Orzov Midrange. Actually, no, I, I, I lied. I have. I think I usually see it with like Esper. But either way, it's it's running the Planeswalkers, Kaya and Lolth. Lolth is a card I think I didn't give enough credit. That card's actually pretty good. Because it like, comes down, makes the two spiders. You don't really feel good about attacking in because then they, Lolth goes back up. And it draws cards. So, and these more controlly style decks, uh, I feel like I didn't give Lolth enough credit. Yeah, I uh, loved I loved Lolth. Um, not for those reasons. I just liked it because it it plays into a token theme really well. And I was playing the pest deck, so mm-hmm. I think it was great there. Yeah, this is another place where you see the blood on the snow it wipes out your mono green white aggro whatever board, and then it allows you to bring back either Kaya or uh, Lolth back to the battlefield and start rebuilding. Um, not a whole lot to this. It also kills you with the man lands. Uh, so I kind of like that. That's now a big part of, cause I feel like before faceless Haven, you didn't really see a lot of them. Well, I guess there was like crawling barons, but you didn't see that all the time. Like you do now. Yeah. Those only like the, those, uh, colorless Ugin decks mm-hmm. where you were like kind of controlling the board with that. Yeah. So Orzov mid range, it might be a thing. I'm not, I don't, I haven't actually played against it as much as I remember, but I can actually, I, Oh, sorry, I was gonna say I can see the thing because of Blood in the Snow. Like that card, we don't talk about enough. Um, I think because it, the formats uh, haven't cared, right? We've been uh, emerging ultimatums into you know whatever, right? Ugans and whatnot. But now that this is, those are gone. Um, or not Ugan because you can't get that. But you know what I'm saying. Other strong things like this is a. I actually think this card is a contender for something like being a big player. Um, I mean, it's funny. I made a deck. I didn't make a deck similar to this, um, but the main premise was I was like, I had blood on the snow and I had Loth and I had professor Onyx. Um, I just didn't make a good like in between with like the eye twitches and the even death. But uh, yeah, I mean, there might be a world. I mean, this is the thing like we're going back to Nimrod and I feel like black is like, I mean, and it could just be, excuse me, because of the facade of it being like a, a horror themed plain and whatnot but i feel like black always has like nice pieces and so um going in a shot and having those pieces like i mean again just like having like a an un- endless amount of like zombies coming back or whatever and then just value with you know bringing back a planeswalker um yeah i mean that this seems like a, another sweet deck that might be sticking around so I'm going to be honest, I just really wanted to jump to our next deck. So we're now going on to what this website deems Tier 2, which I'm going to disagree just because this next deck is my jam, and it is Black White Angels. Uh, I've been jamming this deck a lot on the ladder. Um, It's what it is. It's Youthful Valkyries, Resplendent Marshals, Righteous Valkyries, a coastal call from several weeks ago, or several, was it like three or four? I can't remember. It's like two, Um, yeah. (laughs) Legion Angel, um, you get, then you get these sweet enchantments like Ferge's Retribution and Rampage of the Valkyries. Uh, I can, I forgot because Rampage of the Valkyries is part of the what were they called the what boosters theme boosters? Is yeah, the theme, the theme boosters. So, yeah. yeah, card from those. I was like, I was building the deck and I was like, where's this card from? It's called wait what? They, I never drafted this and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They had those stupid theme boosters. Whatever. Starnheim Unleashed is probably one of my favorite cards. I just love just dropping that, making a bunch of angels. You have a righteous Valkyrie. It's like, okay, I gained 12 life. All my creatures are huge now. Kill you. Um, 
one weakness I'll say with the deck is there's not really enough strong two drops. Youthful Valkyrie is very strong, but it's all you have. And you really got to hope you don't get run over early on. Uh, lose tempo, as it were. But I love this deck. I think it's super sweet. And I'm going to continue to jam it even after. Yeah. I mean, this deck does seem really sweet. I think it's just going to really rely heavily on the removal, which is what it looks like it does. I mean, it runs four of the verses and, um, you know, maybe that gets traded out. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, that's where I say, okay, the new card is, is tough to run, um, the Infernal Grass, because uh, that two life is like what you're trying to save and now you're using a removal spell. Um, so that's costing you two life. So yeah, but I mean like this is great. I mean, this is, does everything that I want to do too. So, uh, well this like first list that we're looking at right now, uh, my, my personal list is a little different. I don't run, mm. I don't like running flunk. I know it's a current, mm. like one of the black removal spells of choice, but I've just had a lot of feel bad moments since I don't really want it. I've actually been running more portable holes and, uh, the one mana one from Zendikar wrath, something, the blood, cheese Bloodthirst or whatever. But yeah, uh, that one. So I've been running those like for like, if I run into like mono green, I really need to kill that werewolf really fast. Uh, I'd rather have like a portable hole or blood chief's thirst to do that. And, uh, soul shatter is really good because these, um, planeswalker decks and it also kills gold span without targeting it. It kills, uh, what's the blue dragon? Elmeria. Uh, the big blue dragon without targeting it because oh, em- emerald yeah emerald that's right mm-hmm. that's a lyric i don't know what i'm thinking of mm-hmm. but uh because so show soul soul shatter is very good uh vanishing verse is pretty good there's some there's not a whole lot of multicolor but if it ends up being more uh in that direction might be one of the first cards you sub out and amiria's call is pretty cool uh don't cast it that often though yeah, I mean, but it's just nice to have. Like, and that's another thing too. We haven't, um, we haven't hit any of that stuff either. But Zenikar, um, I don't know how many cards are really going to come out of there as like home run hitters, but the lands I think are going to mm-hmm. be big players again. Um, it's not that they fell out of favor. It's just that again, you just get lost on how powerful older cards were, and so it's like, okay, I'm kind of mixing one of these in here. Um, but those cards will definitely, uh, again, they might only be like a one or two of and index but that's going to be enough to push certain decks over the top um another card that i was eyeing um when it came out and then of course never did anything that forges retribution just something about making like a four four angel and then if the angel sticks it's killing something it's super sweet i don't even care about the double strike so much but just something about having a four mana four four um just seems really powerful uh, and again, like I was talking about, like having like a Seekers Chariot, like if somehow you have like an Abzan deck or whatever, that becomes really nice, right? So I think it kind of depends on because you don't see a whole lot of two man because all we have are the snarls and the pathways. Uh, but so it kind of depends on what lands we get in Innistrad. But except for the, like the treasure decks, those are a little bit more greedy on their colors. But Furge's Distribution. To be honest, the way it's played out is mostly it's a four mana four four because they're like, okay, I gotta kill this before it gets an absurd amount of value. Well, and that's and that's but, great though because if even if that's all it's doing, like that's it's actually awesome, right? Because you get to re- take the removal spell on something that's like, yeah, it's powerful, but do you really need to freak out that bad about this card? That's like, like oftentimes like 
I'll have like righteous Valkyrie into this. And they're like, okay, this Fridge is going to basically like two or three for one me. If I don't kill this four, four angel, like, it's like hit me, kill some of my stuff right now. Then I have to eventually kill or whatever. Or do I kill this righteous Valkyrie? That's going to eventually, like he's like a creature away from pumping, pumping the entire team. So sometimes they just kill this doofy token. I say doofy. It's a four, four flyer. But, um, so yeah, I've, I, I, I love this deck. It's, it's the deck I'm jamming right now the most, and I just love it. Starheim and Leash forever. Since you brought up the Snarls, um, I know I made them as a call, um, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever. I'm really actually kind of hoping, though, that my call is wrong and that they're not prevalent because I actually don't care for the Snarls. Um, I mean, I haven't, it's not like I really cared for them before, but the way this plays out, like the pathways, I'm, I'm like, there are some, there's like a real split between people that, thought these cards were good and thought these cards were, and when I say good, like only good, like not great, not amazing, just good. And then there's just tons of people that like these suck, but I, I just don't understand why people would think these cards suck. It's an untapped land that you choose. And yes, you can't, it can't, it's not flexible after you've made your decision, but it's flexible and that you get to be on curve. And like the way I've seen a lot of these decks play out, especially when you're running like a ton of pathways, like they're all like, you just seem to always have very nice mana. Um, and so I don't want, I just need something else to like kind of take over the spot of the triumphs. Cause like the best part about the triumphs were like a lot of times you would um, like, if you at least get like one of them, like within the first couple of turns or whatever, you know, you're playing like your early drops, or whatever you take a turn off as far as like accelerating your land, but you're still doing something. And then, you know, come right back with like, um, you know, uh, what's the, the fetch land, um, pass, uh, passage, fabled uh, passage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of hoping that the land cycle that they have coming here is actually going to be a really nice, uh, dual land cycle. I would really like it to be the pain lands, the, allied pain lands because we haven't seen a reprint of those since 10th edition and they're very pricey for one and i think would be a great addition here um so hopefully whatever they're printing here replaces the snarls because yeah i just don't care for them that much yeah the the man is fine for two color but three color can get a little speaking as someone who ran that stupid three color burgie combo deck uh there are a few games where i didn't even get the opportunities because my mana colors were off but moving on, we are going on to the ramp decks. Uh, either you see Simic or Teamer. The Simic one's more just all out. We're ramping. We're trying to get Coma on the battlefield or Ilmer, Ilmer, the Desert Doom, whatever it is. Um, yeah, we're casting Alrun's Epiphanies to take extra turns because once our Coma gets going, it's hard for the opponent to win. And the other version is the Teamer, which runs a bit more interaction and runs stuff like Dragon's Fire. Uh, and it also has like Battle of Frost and Fire, a five mana sweeper. Uh, and it also adds, heads are a big mana, run Magma Opus. But it's also just playing Comas and Alrin's Epiphanies. Yeah, it seems like the, there's like a shelf for like a, maybe a more controlly version, maybe. I don't know. There's just so many. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. There's so many good cards. Um, like I said, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to add coma as a call and the end some, uh, so spoiler there, but yeah, there's just so many good routes and that's what I'm kind of hoping that this ends up turning out. Like we, we had this issue before, you know, with throne where it's just like 
it's incorrect to not play these five cards, whatever you want to deem them they are, right? I'm really hoping that what we're going to is it's incorrect not to play a different deck and we're going to do what modern does where it's like, uh, you know, like uh, rock, paper, scissors, if you will. Um, maybe not like that terribly open, but to something where it's like you can be in green, blue and play coma as your top end, or you can be in black, white and, I don't know, for just retribution is top end or whatever, like, like just having like that kind of power level. Now we'll say coma actually kind of scares me because the fact that if you get to untap with that card, uh, not even untap, if you get to go to your, your to, opponent's on tap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Upkeep and it not die. The card might not just die. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be a real pain. And so that is kind of an issue with the card. And, that's also why I'm kind of like leery of making it a call, but um, you no, know, again, just another another solid looking deck um, with some really solid pieces going forward. So that's kind of like the style I like to play. I, I've been wanting to play blue green for so long, but um, the original one was like flash blue green, which I was I did not want to play that. That's like that's like playing rogues. Well, rogues came afterwards, but th- those decks are annoying. I hate those card. I hate those kind of decks in the format. Like they are terrible. I feel like for the format. Um, so something like this, where you're like every turn you're kind of doing something, and there's like tempo and and ramping. So yeah, this I mean this looks kind of like my jam too. Um, even just seeing like the cultivators. Um, I I don't know why I like that turtle so much, but I think this is a great value card. So it's a turtle robot. Basically it doesn't draw your card when it dies, but yeah, card sweet deck is tight. Uh, I'm just upset that it stopped me from pulling off my Bergy combo. Uh, next up we got, is it dragons? Uh, guess what this deck's about coast. No, this sounds okay. I said the other card deck was my jam. This also sounds like my jam. Mm-hmm. So you're running Galaz you're always you're running Galazeth Prismari, the red blue dragon from Strixhaven, and good old Goldspan Dragon. Uh, sometimes they run uh Emerith, the Desert Doom. Uh but other than that, you're just running a whole lot of interaction. You got like frostbites for removal, dragon's fire for removal, and uh Soth coming, counterspells negates. Disdainful stroke. Oh, disdainful stroke. Get out of here. Um, Prismari command way to like ramp and deal with some threats. Um, and then your Alrin's epiphanying and attacking with big dragons. Uh, it's more of a, it's like a, it's a control deck that with dragon win con. So it's not the most, cause there's a, it's very similar to like the version of the deck that came out. Um, when a uh, gold span first came out when you just like, okay, it's basically just a fairy. I'll leave two man up to negate whatever you're cast. So deck is tight. Uh, this is definitely, I think it's still definitely going to be, it's just getting more tools like play with fire. is going to be, make it, I don't know. Cause do the control that really want the burn spell. See, this is a situation where I think frostbite might just might be better than it. Just because you want the, the more potent, like one man removal spell, as opposed to value. If you go face, yeah, I mean that's where the, this the, where that card would uh, definitely shine. I think more because that's what it wants to do, right? Um, you're not really I, well because you have access to it. Of course, yeah, you have like you have an expressive iteration, right? So you have access to like drawing cards. So it doesn't need another card to find you another answer. I think my only upset, I'm not even upset, just like the only sucky thing about this 
deck is it's it's way too expensive gold spans which uh i'll also spoil was a, a big gainer from when i called it um it, they're so expensive man it's mm-hmm. it's annoying how expensive now it's great for like um you know if you're playing on arena and stuff mm-hmm. but if i want to play in paper i just mm-hmm. i can't do it and it sucks because like i love paper dragons more than i do on arena for some reason i think just like seeing my beautiful mm-hmm. art in hand but uh yeah other than that though yeah this this is another just super sweet deck i mean temp is it tempo was like a thing for a little while i think it still is like i think it's like a meta call but like it, it's a solid deck i mean goldspan dragon is just one of the best dragons they printed and they've been printing a lot of good dragons but like that's up there um i mean i think it's almost modern playable honestly just how strong the card is so. uh and oh i almost forgot it's running another dragon that it runs is a faceless haven so um another good control finisher so is is we're going on to the next one which is demir control which is kind of similar it's running dragons and controlly interaction and eventually he's going to kill you with planeswalker this elmerth desert doom dragon so it's running more of the black removal like blood cheese thirst i'm seeing i've seen flunks i still like flunk um soul shatters saw it cummings but it's also running more sweepers like crippling fear oh i forgot about that one hmm that might be my zombie dreams uh discussion for another day uh shadows verdict i've seen some run the blood on the snow but yeah kind of the same thing oh hall of the storm giants is more common in this one though make a big old seven seven creature land let me ask you this because you brought it up a couple times what what don't you like about flunk there was just like sometimes when I was running it, I think I was running it in like the Golgari deck, mm-hmm. uh, Golgari sacrifice deck that I needed it to kill something and it just couldn't because my uh, opponent just kept their hand too full. Because I feel like if you're not playing against like aggro, it's not really a very consistent removal spell. But if you're playing against control, it rarely does what you need it to do i was gonna say like i think in the control matchup this card's terrible but i think in anything like from aggressive to mid-range i think it does pretty well um i guess it just depends like at what point the mid-range deck if it can refill its hand is it bad i'm just curious because i was like so you're paying two mana at average to kill like something between like x1 and x three and a half i guess somewhere most of the time would you say that's like about where when it hits more or less well, I, I feel like the only, like, there's, like, the mono-white decks and there's mono-green. And so, like, at that point, I think I'd almost <laughs> rather run, like, power would kill. If I'm if I'm the removal spell for, like, those matchups, mm-hmm. I feel like I'd rather just run power would kill. But well, then, power would kill should should be amazing against the mono-green deck, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, uh, but then it's dead against these dragon-based control decks. But, um, which also it's a double aim because then you, if you can get your removal in even against your opponent's counter spells, right? So it almost seems, but it's definitely like a dead, dead card. At least, at least the kill spell will draw out a, like a, um, god, I am mush right now. It will draw out a counter spell. So the fact that she, not only can you not draw like counter spell, but it's just dead. So mm-hmm. I get your point there. So I, I'd rather just run like Blood Chiefs there. I know it's a sorcery speed, but. It kills a lot of the early stuff. I love the fact that it kills planeswalkers. That's like been my big thing about that card. That sorcery, yeah, that sucks, but it it, it's 
like I run it in the past, like I have to have that card because it has to answer something a lot of times and it does. So uh, we're losing and Bastion in my rents. That sucks. No. And then I like soul shatter and most of the decks I've been playing lately are black, white. So then I also have vanishing verse, but yeah, this deck isn't fun. I hate playing against control. This make my jank dreams die. And but yeah, I think that I could see this still being a thing when Innistrad comes out. Yeah, for sure. The control decks are always around, especially for the like the really good players who um, no meta calls and stuff like. And ladder, I don't know how great it's going to be, but just if we if we return to some normalcy with um, paper magic, because you know, because with everything going on, we we might have to resend some of this a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a a cool. It's another cool deck. I get what you're saying too about control. I guess that's what I do hate about those. Like when control is very viable, is like that kills. Like you said, your jank dreams. Like you can't do as much cool stuff, especially if it takes like a couple turns to develop. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I mean, I love Emirath. I think it's a great card, and I think that's what will make this. Uh, control deck pretty powerful have you seen any gr- uh, blue white decks by any chance have there, any of those flown around no not really hmm. okay just like i feel like we've already covered like probably like 90 to 95 percent of what i actually see on the ladder like as i was looking, as scrolling through some of the rest of the there's like goblins it's really there's just not enough low drop goblins like the hobgoblin is cool but there's just not enough weight ways to like either overwhelm your opponent or enough oomph on the back end to close out the game. Uh, there's actually a really cool uh, black red treasures, black red treasures slash pests. Which yeah. Is pretty cool. Uh, which is like, you have like gold spans, the new um, Rakdos legend from the AFR. Uh, and then you run like these, like learn cards, like the hunt for specimens or whatever, you make a bunch of pests and you sack them to the, awaken the blood avatar and eventually you just like just straight up just kill your opponent it's, it's a fun like high synergy mid-range slightly aggressive deck speaking of jank things i'm really hoping somehow spoils of adventure makes its way into like prolific standard play because that's why i want blue white is like i want a great party deck um I'll just refresh people for the if so that they can remember. So it's uh, four white and a blue for an instance. It costs one less for each creature in your party, uh, which uh, party creatures are clerics, rogues, warriors, and wizards. Um, it says gain three life and draw three cards. So if there's a world where you can splash spoils in there, that'd be so cool. Because I really wanted a party to do it like be a thing, and I know a lot of us thought that party was going to be in the D and D set, which doesn't mean that like they didn't like look ahead and say, oh, this will fit with the flavor of D&D, but I am a little disappointed that it didn't make its way in there. Um, I mean, I think they could have done like, you know, kind of like how they do with the master set sometimes where they have like a bunch of different mechanics. I mean, since they were already putting a bunch of like D&D mechanics in there, it was like, yeah, just splash a party or two in there. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah. I think I lost. A few days ago, when I was trying out the like just black white clerics to a like green white party deck because there's also running like the changelings. Oh yeah. And and they but I lost because they they I don't think the deck's super viable, but they had the god draw against me. Like they like turn one was the archpriest of Iona. 
that has the X two that has power equal to the number of creatures in your party. Mm-hmm. And then like they went like changeling another I think it was like a warrior or something, and then the four mana one that makes a one one for each creature in your party. Then at the beginning, if you have like a full party, like soups up a creature like indestructible double. I can't remember, but they they just had this like god draw against me, and I'm just like, really? This is how I'm losing this game. Oh, you're not talking about well, I guess one of the cards, Lamvala, right? Like one that's one of the cards where well, no, that's different. That one okay, that one sacrifices and gives hexproof for indestructible. Never mind. Um <laughs> Oh, the squad. The squad yeah, commander. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I am. Um yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I don't I think that might just be a might have to be a little fun pet thing. I still don't think they gave enough power to the party in terms of like constructed payoff no they didn't which was kind of weird because i mean like i think spoils of adventure actually is a very powerful payoff it just happens to be in colors that it makes it very difficult like like if i'm like in i don't know some green red deck or whatever how am i gonna splash for white blue you know without treasures or something so i think and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you don't want like a bunch of decks being able to splash the spoils, but um, no, I agree with you. Like they didn't give a lot of support. And aside from that, like I actually think that like squad commander again was another card that could have been that card, but it costs four mana. So, and you're just, it's, you know, too slow for what you wanted to do. So, um, oh, well pipe dreams as they were pipe dreams. Yeah, I remember because they cast Journey into Oblivion and exiled like my uh, aura. And I was just like, what is this deck? What are the, these like limited cards they're playing against me? But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a queue that only has like, what, four legal sets? Yeah. But um, so I guess that's like the main big decks that re- exist right now in Sam 2022. Uh, you mentioned blue, blue White Party. Is there any other deck that you really hope you get to see? Well, we kind of alluded to this in the beginning. So vampires and zombies in standard, I would really like to see that happen. Um, again, they said that we're going back to the old ways of Innistrad. And so um, it'd be great to have those decks be prevalent. Just as I think like it's healthy for magic too to have, um, you know, cause uh, I was listening to another podcast. I was actually listening to uh, MTG fast finance and they're a, strictly a, a finance podcast which is where i get some of my inspiration of when i do the quick picks but um they had talked about this i don't know like 10 episodes or 20 episodes and they're talking about like how magic the gatherings ip um they don't really maximize characters right like in pokemon right like what's the first one that comes to your mind it's like pikachu right like there's a character there even ash is like a big character magic doesn't really have a character but it has characters right so for nostalgic magic players it's like goblins zombies elves those kinds of things and so when uh, when zombies are doing well or at least like in flavor i think it does really well and vampires is like one of those like going past like 2010 right like do the new kids on the block um but they're kind of nostalgic to magic and so i would love to see vampires like make its you know come back again with the zombies um and then um, flashback because it's coming back. Uh, I just love having that kind of power and standard. Um, they don't have to be crazy strong flashback spells, but just something to 
for these because uh, I love blue red. Actually, it's really not really a color pair I don't love, but blue red draws my fancy to where it like has a lot of like value in its card sometimes. And so I love to see, you know, like, is it get another bump that way with like the flashback spells and whatnot? Um, and then humans, humans are also usually a thing in Innistrad. Um, I would be very much surprised if they didn't have that support. Um, so some kind of humans deck as well. I'd love to see like a Thalia, like a new Thalia again. Um, maybe not a taxing one, but something that, um, you know, maybe it transitions from like straight up, like hard taxing into like a taxing and a Lord because, you know, I don't know. She just seems like a character that should be, have like a, a Lord ship attached to her for some reason. So, um, there was like a joke in my head that after like champion of the parish I was like, what they made a black Thalia. Oh, that, was, that would uh, be cool. Like a zombie no, a, or like, a yeah. Cause she was eaten by the get rug monster. Uh, was she really? Uh, that, no, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, that's a meme. Uh, but there's like, like a two, like one in a black for Thalia. It says like creature spells, your opponents cost one more to cast or some stupid thing like that. I don't know. And then it's a, it's a, it's your zombies plus one plus. Oh, there we go. Let's make it a mythic. Hmm. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I want to see. I definitely want to see a mythic zombie for sure, like another one. In fact, I should have picked up. A, I think it's like Relentless Dead. It's like black, black for like a two-two that has like a bunch of abilities. Um, it always was sitting like at seven dollars, and it's like pushed up to like thirteen. I'm like, gosh darn it! But um, Undying, I would like to see Undying mechanic come back. What do you think about that? I think that's maybe maybe a little too powerful for this, but I don't know for sure. I mean, it just depends on what they put it on. Mm-hmm. Like if they try to make it more of a limited thing. Like what's the, what's the, one one that was undying one the black zombie ghoul so I don't know well stuff like that I think it's fine. It's a one one. I thought it was the. Are you talking about the three? Wait, which ones? So there's a there's, there's a there's a one one green. It's a young wolf. And then they have like yeah. a, Then they have strangle root guys, which is two. I'm thinking like persist. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a persist. It's one. like a two mana two two with persist. Uh, either way, mm-hmm. uh, those are the there's like the zombie goblin from MH1. Yeah, that's that, that that's persist. But yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, I wonder if there's gonna be a more lands thing with Ren and Seven. If we get more lands focused cards, that could be neat. I don't. We'd have to get a stronger payout because Ren and Seven. It's like. A really strong enabler, like strong mid range card, but it's not like a payoff for that style of deck. So, so tell me again, because I actually I misunderstood the format. I thought they were actually releasing these two Innishad sets at the exact same time, but it's, it's so it's just a, it's a small block then of mm-hmm. two separate sets, right? Yes, but they said they're both supposed to be uh, like full size sets on their own. But they're both being released within two months of each other. Let me look at the release schedule again. I mean, that's. Um, I'm actually really glad that's the case because of what I thought was going to happen was they're going to have like some weird draft format and then they were going to really like cheapen the set. So I think they could squeeze a lot in with these two sets. Um, you know, what else did I want fulfilled? And there was something else I just thought about that I want to see because Emistrad has done it. Um, it'll come to me here in a bit, but. Oh yeah, just like the whole like thing with like Soren and stuff, um, you know, and the angels and stuff like that. Like angels could also just get another big buff too. Um, I think they all turned evil and tried to eat everyone. I don't really know the story that well, but <laughs> they're 
we might not see angels. We may see angels. Who, who the hell knows? Um, so Innistrad Midnight Hunt releases September 17th. And then on November 19th, we get Innistrad Crimson Vow, which is the more vampire focused one. And it's their tagline is the biggest vampire wedding in Innistrad history. Oh, that's right. I, I don't know why. Duh. Werewolves are a thing. Absolutely. I would love to see werewolves make a huge comeback. Um, I remember from Innistrad, one of my favorite cards was the, um, and I'm forgetting it now, but it's two green and a red for like a two, two human or something like that. Um, when it ETBs, it does something. And then when it flips, it turns into a werewolf, a really cool card. Um, I would love to see the werewolves be a thing. Oh, I can't think of the card. You know what I'm talking about though. And then also yeah. like they had some really cool cards where it was like instant transform your, your humans into the werewolves. Like that really never came to be a thing, but this is like the perfect, like we're in like a perfect setting right now for where the power level is that like those kind of decks, I think could be Huntmaster of the Fells. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Huntmaster. Oh no. Is that the green? Is that the green one that just makes a wolf every turn? No, maybe that won't see. Uh, oops. Huntmaster of the Fells. That's it. Huntmaster of the Fells. Yeah. That card's sweet. It's only 10 bucks too. Not bad. And then uh, Waxing Moon. The two mana green instant that trans. Oh, that, that transform. There's something like Moon Mist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Moon Mist. That's what it is. Moon Mist. Yeah. Let's say Moon Mist. Yeah. Oh, oops, except I'm doing this on the Google search engine, so I found Ice Cream Moon Mist and <laughs> Toyo Moon Mist. Who knows? Anyways. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to some more wolves as well. I'm just really excited for this set. Like, just this little teaser. Um, I don't even think we got to the biggest part. Well, this arguably is the biggest part. Um, you might have talked about this on your... On your uh, oh, I sure did. What, what, wait, what am I going to say? You're going to be talking about these dope, super awesome, basic lands. Yes, sir. Dude, they're so sweet. I, of course, I have to have one little knock. My only little knock on this is I think aesthetically, like the best looking one are, are the planes because it's black white. I feel like they should have splashed in some colors into the other one like for instance like the island like the water have it blue in the mountain you can have like a red like either lava or like a, a red moon for like a blood moon or something that's like my only little knock on it but. all right so uh i'm going to be needing applications for a new greek co-host for this podcast <laughs> these things are per- I, I i love i the black and white with like the color board, I get what you're saying about the planes because I feel like it like fits better because it's white. Right, right. And all of us swamps are purple, but um, I, I these are my easily my new favorite basics. No, they're so great. I, I think for me, um, I, the hardest thing that I always have with lands, and I think I've complained about this before. So like the basic basic lands that you get right, um, like the bordering, like the red, like mountain. Let's just talk about mountain the border is more of like a pink hue and it's not red. And so when I'm looking down at my cards, I'm like, I hate these cause they're not red. And that's why I like the, the old style border, even though they were Brown, it was like, okay, but the way that it, it would fit, it, it would, it would just make sense. eye appealing for me. And so like, for me, like the planes, like the white and black dominates. But then when you get to the mountain, it's just like this little outline of red. I'm like, I want a little more red in here to signal that for me. So that's just like a personal thing. But, um, 
no, I mean, these are great. Like th- this is so cool what they did with these. Um, again, just another, another nod to, uh, they don't do everything right, but when they do do something right, like this is like the, this is the outcome, right? Like, this is the, this is what we're reaching towards. Um, and so these are really cool. Um, I agree with you that with that. Yeah. I lost my mind for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. I think that was a fun podcasting discussion. Uh, I'm really excited. I've been loving staring 2022. Uh, whenever rotation happens, the new set looks cool. So so far we've gotten seven cards. Uh, so I'm really excited about all this. And uh, can I get Henry like bulk order for me? Some of these basics, just, I want like 80 of each. We should like, just tell him like, we should just start doing his like mass cracking operations and then put him on our podcast just to, like two for one. That'd be, that'd be sweet, but he doesn't do that. He just likes to crack packs on his own. So, yeah. well, all right. Costa, you've talked about it throughout the podcast. What are your quick picks for today? All right. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to apologize yet again. We were going to, I think originally I wanted to do a, a big thing on how amazing and terrible I did with the picks, but really haven't hit some of the highs on this. So what I'm going to do is I'm first going to go over my quick picks for this podcast and then I'm just going to touch over um, some of the big gainers, um, which I only really pulled out three um, just because I want to kind of brag a little bit. Um, And looking at the other cards, they've actually moved. I think some of them have even reached their spots, but like the ones I've called for a year, like we need to wait a year to see what's going on with them. So for this week, uh, I chose Spark Double. Uh, It's currently at $8. I expect it to go to 12 within a year. This card uh, has been out of print for a while for more of the spark and it's a very strong commander card. So uh, honestly, I was playing, uh, you know, this is like kind of best case scenario, but I was playing after our par- our popper match with Josh and Vic, we played regular commander and I was using my Atraxa's super friends builds. And I told Vic that when you kill arena erector uh, that I get to, search for a planeswalker but i didn't tell him that it put it on the field but because previously i had just told him i just told josh that you know this puts it on the field so i thought he was paying attention and uh so he kills it and then i go get ugin and i was like oh they're like oh that's great and i was like oh yeah you know it's better than one ugin too so then i played spark double and the game was just over like having two ugins on the field like they even in commander for some reason they didn't they couldn't deal with it so spark double's great um I think it'll see some good gains over time. I think, you know, and $12 is I think being kind of nice there. Um, for my next card, I chose Soren Imperious Bloodlord. Uh, this is uh, a $15 card. I think it'll get to 20 in a year pretty easily. Actually, I think it'll be a lot more, but maybe they'll print another amazing uh, vampire planeswalker, but this card is just great. I mean, has it's a three mana planeswalker and it synergizes so well with vampires like i think people just kind of forgot about this card and um if they print some very powerful cards and for uh, innistrad going into modern then this is modern playable so um my third card i went ahead and added in was coma the cosmo serpent uh, since we were talking about on cast, I said, well, let me take a look at this and yeah, they're, they're not 
cheap, but they're not expensive. So you can get them hovering around like the 11 to $12 range. Um, you know, if they're really prevalent and st- like, I mean, if they do anything halfway decent to standard, it's going to be a $20 card easily. So I'm saying within six months, this could be a $20 card. And at the worst case, it holds its value. Um, and it's a great, uh, commander card. Um, so I'm doing something different. I'm adding a sell this time. So this last card is actually not a pickup, but you should sell this card. And the card I'm telling you to sell is pitiless plunderer. So this is a uh, uncommon that Micah was really surprised when I told him the price of it, but it's a $14 card right now. Um, that is just extremely high. We're talking about Mishra bobble status, but it's not seeing any modern play. This is strictly a commander card. Uh, the reason why I'm saying to sell this card is because this card should have a very big target on its head. And because of that, uh, it should be reprinted somewhere. I'm not saying they're just going to like emergency reprint this thing, but if we get another commander deck or there's another uh, product that they haven't announced yet, uh, this is an uncommon, it has a spotlight on it. Sell them at 14. Uh, when they sell, I think they'll crash down really low, but I'm saying like they'll crash down at worst of five. And so if you're using these in commander's decks, fine, don't sell them. Um, but actually kind of going back to what we we're talking about, about proxies, maybe you proxy this card, maybe you sell out of it. Like that's $14 that you don't have, but now you're going to have it. Right. So anyways, so that's the first sell. Um, and then now that, so that wraps up for my quick picks for this week. So I just wanted to touch on some of these big gainers and starting at number one, Goldspan dragon. So I called this on episode 20, uh, to go from 17 to 35, I didn't put a time frame on there, but it doesn't matter because it's already hit that. It's like a $40 card. So if you got those awesome, you win, right? Um, more recently, these next two cards, I have engineered explosives and chalice of the void, uh, from episode 23 engineer explosives went from $8 or sorry. I called it $8 to 20 in six months. Well, here we are at, uh, two months and cards are already $20. So, Yay for me there. And then uh, Chalice of the Void, those Time Spiral Retros, I called 33 to 50. And uh, yeah, we're past, actually, I didn't even check here, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. So we're just going to do a, we're going to do a little check, see, and see where they're currently at. Chalice of the Void. Oh my God. Uh, the cheapest copies for those are $65. So. I meant to take my own advice. I feel really stupid about this. Uh, actually, what happened was I wasn't working enough at the time, so I couldn't afford $30 copies um, without my wife basically killing me. So uh, <laughs> so I didn't buy them, and I kind of wish I did because I'm trying to get into modern, and um, yeah, 65 bucks is quite a quite a pinch there. So those are some of the big gainers. Um, there have been some other cards, uh, like Kataki moved the way I wanted to uh fury i guess i should have uh, maybe i'll just throw splash in fury i'm really proud of myself for fury so i know it was really high on sign of the draco um that card doesn't move wah, wah, wah. but also you know i still think it could be a breakout card but fury went from that seven dollars that i called it went to twenty dollars in the less than six month period i mean i feel really good about that so um i did pick up like four or five of them um when I actually, when they were at $3 a piece, but I didn't know how quick they would rise. And so when I made that call at seven, I was like, yeah, these are going to, these are going to keep on going. So, 
Um, anyways, so let's just kind of show you that, you know, most of the cards that I call are already on the up and up a lot of times. So there's nothing like for me to be, I mean, I'm not like a mad scientist or genius or whatever and saying that I only know, but you know, listening to us will kind of give you the insight on where some of these cards are going. And really none of these cards have lost anything. Um, I think there might've been one card. I thought I highlighted it too. Um, oh yeah, the Draco, the Draco was the card. So it went from five to three bucks, you know, you win some, you lose some, but ultimately, um, you know, thank y'all for listening. I uh, hope this has been, uh, this is still useful to y'all and, you know, if you all have any more questions, Michael, of course, we'll do this at the end here. But if you have any questions just about the finance part, um, you know, reach out to me via email. Um, you know, also, again, still shouting out to Henry's uh, Genius Comics. You know, come visit us there if you want to talk some magic and whatnot. Play some games with us. Um, Alpha Strike, San Marcus, you know, go get your cards there. But um, I think that'll wrap us up, Mr. Micah, for this episode. Yes, that will do it for episode 30, the Dirty 30 of the MTG Untapped podcast. What did you think about what we talked about this week? Are you jazzed for new standard? Let us know on Twitter at MG Untapped Pod or on Facebook at MG Untapped Podcast. And if you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you would please subscribe, rate, and review us anywhere you listen to this podcast it would be very much appreciated but that will do it for this the 30th installment of mtg untapped uh hope you all have a great week later juice <laughs>